All right, guys, it's Bumcast, HBIC, Baloney, Southside Bum, and the long two-week nightmare that is the Bears is finally over. Bears lose today in embarrassing fashion to the Saints. Um, before, before we jump into the Bears talk, I want to say that as a pure football fan, these were some really, really great games to watch. From a gambling standpoint, this was a shit ass motherfucking week, and I don't I don't know how anyone won money this weekend. Well, I don't care about the money. I care. I mean, I'm more upset about just the bear showing in general. And Jason, you just sound flat out depressed. I know you weren't really. I mean, you hopped on the Bears bandwagon late, but that that intro, I mean, that was one of our most somber intros to date. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's a, it was a great weekend of sports and it should continue on to the national championship tomorrow. It's just a whole lot of football, which is awesome. I don't, I said, I wasn't going to leave my couch for three days, but yeah, and that bear showing was tough and, and I, and when you, it was going to be possible, obviously the bears are not a good team. They're a flawed team, but I kind of willed myself to cheer for them at the end of the season and now into the playoffs. But yeah, man, it was just uh, it was just depressing because we knew that they can be better. It's just that they're so flawed and they're so undercoached and they're just not a good team. They're not a complete team. So it was just upsetting because the, the game was there for them to win. They, they in, in a different world, in a bizarro situation, this Bears team can beat this Saints team. But um, it was just not a good showing. So. Yeah, yes. I'm with you, Jason. It's kind of, kind of a somber day. Yeah. So, so Bears lose 21 9. Uh, I was actually more pissed off about this game than I was when they got their asses kicked against the Packers, just for the fact that the Packers are just show that there's dominant and superior team in every aspect of it, of their being. This game, we just fucking kept on shooting ourselves in the foot over and over again with stupid penalties. The drop that we don't even want to really talk about, but we have to. I mean, that game could have been had multiple times, and and it just looked like at the end there, the defense gave up and didn't want to even be on the. I don't want to say be on the field, but because they kept on giving, making themselves stay on the field but that defense just looked like they just gave up at that point because Mitch wasn't doing anything. That offense was pathetic and bears the fact they couldn't even cover 10 and a half points. And they didn't even let him kick the field, go for a field goal or go for a two point conversion at that garbage touchdown. I mean, that's just, that was just more, more depressing, more blood boiling of a performance than I can remember in recent memory. So the, the question now is, you know, before we get into the play, the, the big question is, you know, does, does Mitch come back? Does Nagy come back? Does Pace come back? And I think that besides all of the promise that they showed at the end of the season, beating up shit teams, I don't, I think after this performance, you, there's no possible way that you can in right mind, bring Matt Nagy back to coach this team next year. Yeah, man, it was fool's gold, right? I, I kind of, if, if you go back on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, I kind of 
I was worried this was going to happen. Remember, the, the the schedule was easier. We said if they stumble into the playoffs, uh, Maggie might Maggie might keep his job. And that's, I mean, I hate to say it. If it was up to me, Matt Nagy would be would be fired on Monday. The problem is it's not up to me. And he still has a year left in his contract. And he's made the playoffs two out of the last three years. So looking at that from an owner standpoint, I could see where Matt Nagy's job is safe. And, and Tony Romo was talking about it at the end of the game, saying how it's hard to make the playoffs two out of three years. And, and, and he's eight games over 500 for, for his career with the Bears and stuff like that. So while I want to see him fired, I don't think they're firing Matt Nagy, which sucks. But I think being a realist, I think he's keeping his job. I don't want to see Ryan Pace with a job. He's been here for six seasons. He's been here for six seasons. He's bumbled who knows how many draft draft classes. He's fumbled on free agencies. He's just not a good GM. So if they are going to make a change, that's the one I'm harking towards is Ryan Pace should not be drafting another draft class for the Chicago Bears. Um, other than that, if Maggie does, Nagy does keep his job, I have said it for a while now. Chuck Pagano is just not a good defensive coordinator. Um, it's just they're, they just don't scheme well against good teams. And, and, and this is regardless. I mean, offense and defense, they just don't play well against good teams. They're one in seven this year against playoff teams. But this defense, man, on third down, they were, they gave up 11 of 16 first downs on, on third down. Like they just can't get off the field. And I know they kept the Saints to 21 points at home, which should win the game. But this just doesn't look like the defense, the Chicago Bears defense of, of two years ago. And it definitely doesn't look like the Chicago Bears defense of even the beginning of the year. But there's a lot to go. There's a lot to nitpick about. We've got, we've got a bunch of, uh, I've got a bunch of notes written down. I'm interested to see uh, Johnny's take on things. Um, you know, it, obviously everybody was, uh, you know, having hope over here, like the first, like, once again, it was just like the Packers game all over again, like the first three quarters, they actually were playing pretty decent football. And I think everybody was pretty much surprised that they kept it that close. Um, but your, your luck runs out. And at the end of the day, like, you know, I've, I've said this, you know, plenty of times and plenty of podcasts that we've had is that the, you know, this team isn't that good. Um, you know, my prediction obviously was, you know, a little bit higher score for the Bears, but, you know, it was a loss. Um, obviously, I never want them to lose, but, you know, this is just a reality that we've become of, you know, this Bears team. Um, but I think the one thing that, you know, you probably will see, um, I think a lot of us are probably in agreement is uh, who's going to be the scapegoat. It's probably going to be Pagano. He's probably going to get fired. He's yep. probably going to be the one that's going to be let go um, out of all this. Um, obviously, you um, Nagy's probably going to still stick around. Pay haven't said anything about it yet. I mean, that's the one that I've, you know, we're kind of like, let's see what they actually do. But I wouldn't be shocked if they kept him uh, as well, too, just based on the you know, the way that the Bears organization is. Um, but lots and lots of holes that needs to be fixed for sure, and where to start. I don't know. I don't even know how, how to fix this. So where, where do you put the band-aids? I mean, you have to get a whole Costco supply of band-aids for this bears organization. <laughs> where do you start from? Yeah, no, you yeah, start, you start at the top. I mean, it's, it's pace going, it's, it's Nagy eventually being replaced, whether it's 
this year or next year. But um, for for him, for when it comes to Nagy, the thing that made me want to punch his ticket out of town, and I think was the most egregious besides some of the the play calling that we you know we keep on harping about was the end that two minute drill in the first half when the bears still had a chance to, you know, go up before halftime. And he's, he's calling, you know, three runs in a row in the two minute drill. Like how is, how does that make any sense to try to win a playoff game against the saints when you're in a two minute drill backed up in your own 20 yard line and you're trying to score. Cause we all know that field goals aren't going to win and aren't going to beat the saints. And they showed that, you know, when it was the last drive of the game, when it was garbage time, that they can actually move the ball down the field in the two minute drill. But for some reason, Nagy decides to call three run plays in a row before the half, when they were going to get the ball back right away. So go for a twofer, but he's too dumb to, to try to have the Mitch push the ball down the field, whether he doesn't trust Mitch or he's just too stupid to realize that this is a playoff game. To me, that was goodbye. Like you, yeah. you don't deserve to come back. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I had it written down. It was, it was third and two at the end of the second quarter. And your big play call was a run with Ryan Null. Ryan Null, who's had all of four carries this whole season. And it's what we've said over and over again. Nagy got too cute. And if it was Nagy or Laser, it's a combination of the two. I've been bunching them up together for, for a while now. That's the play call you call when basically you're trying to drive to change momentum and to go in into the half with some sort of momentum. Because like you said, they got they were supposed to get the ball back in, in at the start of the third. So if you even score a field goal in that scenario, yes. it's momentum going into the half. And yes. the fact that they ran the ball three times is like you said. They either didn't trust trust Mitch or they got too cute like like they do more often than, than not. So, yeah, it's 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 maddening. But like I said, I'm worried that Nagy's keeping his job. I don't want him to, but it just I, just, I don't know why I have that feeling that he's he's safe for at least another year. Yeah. And, and there was that interesting. I don't know if you guys saw this during uh, Mitch had his, his post-game press conference and he had a comment, which I'm going to read to you guys. Uh, Mitch Trubisky says, quote, there's a lot of things we need to do better. A lot of things we need to change. And a lot of it is the culture and what we accept and what we don't. And I'm just thinking that's, that's interesting. So you're saying that it's Mitch and, or it's, it's Nagy's and Pace's fault with the culture that there's no accountability. There's no sense of winning. I, I mean, I, I don't know where he's trying to get with the whole culture reference, but it, it seems like he's trying to pass the buck from his awful play, his play, you know, between the Packers and the saints to more on naggy laser and pace. Yeah. And I mean, there's enough buck to, to pass around. Obviously Mitch isn't good against good teams. He he's, nope. he's fine against 500 and, and below teams but he can't play against good defenses. He doesn't read the field well. He typically only throws to one side of the field when he's reading that defense. So um, there's enough blame to go around. But like you said, if he is blaming Nagy, that would be interesting because Nagy is a, a, at fault of a lot of things. Um, they obviously weren't ready to play the, the, the Saints. And the one thing I will say is Anthony Miller's ejection is unfathomable. We, we yep. already, everybody knew that we were going to be hurting 
with Mooney gone. And everyone knew that Anthony Miller had to step up with and be, kind of be Mooney's replacement. And just for the fact that, that he got ejected so stupidly when that guy from the Saints, it's like CJ Gardner Johnson or whatever, had already fought with the Bears once before. Um, I saw that they, they had a meeting about this specific player during the week and he still gets ejected. I, I wrote it down. Anthony Miller should be left in, in New Orleans because when yep. the team needed you the most, you go and go do something like that. And that falls on Matt Nagy as well because obviously whatever meeting he had didn't work. Like they just weren't ready to play. And it's just frustrating because I've said it before. You said it. They shot themselves in the foot. This game was there to win, but this flawed team just can't overcome themselves more than anything. Yeah, and, and they held the Saints in checks despite having, you know, Roquan out and Johnson out and Buster Screen, you know, out. Like, they they held their own shorthanded against the Saints offense. So they should have put more up a put up more of a fight than what they did and not just having that three points. I mean, it seemed to me like, right. And I know we, I hate, we have to talk about this, but the Javon Wims drop. To well, me, I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, that seemed like right after that drop, they just gave up, you know, on them, on, on themselves. Like they, they were so deflated after that. They didn't even try to push the ball on the field more. They were doing their, you know, little, you know, out passes to Komet and, you know, Montgomery and a couple of nice catches by a Rob across the middle, but it just seemed like after that, they, they just, it took all the sales out of it and they just didn't even want to try to get that momentum back. It was momentum killing. That's what it is. It's, it's momentum killing because one, the bears don't pass downfield enough as is. So when they do, you have to take advantage of them. And the New Orleans defense is a good defense so that they don't give you those chances often. So just for the fact that they called up a good play is one thing. They called up a good play and Mitch throws a good pass is another thing. So it's like you already got the momentum going in your favor and just that ball just goes through your hands. It's deflating. It's, it's, it's a drive killer and it's stuff that you don't get back. So it's, it was brutal, man. I, I, I tweeted about it. I, I talked about it. It was, it was rough. Um, and obviously, good teams bounce back from those mistakes. But, but mistakes like these are the ones that kill the Bears, you know, because they can't. They, they're not talented enough to bounce back from the plays they need to make. Um, another one I have written down was the Kokomet unsportsmanlike conduct. And I will say, I'm hard on Kokomet, and it's soft. It was a soft call. It looked yeah. like it was the wrong call, but that unsportsmanlike conduct, regardless of the fact, pushed you out of the red zone. And at the end made, made you kick a field goal where you don't know how you don't get many chances in the red zone and you can't score regardless when you are in the red zone. So just for the fact that that flag cost them so bad, I had, to, I had it written down because yeah, it sucks that it looked like the refs blew that call, but regardless, and, and people will say like, you got to let them play in that scenario. And maybe it was the blown call, but just for the fact that you just can't get out of your own way. I had it. I had to mention it because it was, it was tough at the time. Yeah. I, and I was tweeting a lot about how the, you know, like the refs are rigging this game and that was, and I say that, you know, in jest and stuff, but there were some really, really objectionable calls on that where you're wondering what the hell the refs are doing, you know, whether it was the commit, it was that interception that they, 
the, the pick right in the beginning in the first quarter where they called yeah. that back. It just seemed like right from the get-go, they were coming out on the bears and, you know, trying to stop any, any type of little glimmers of hope that they had moving down the field. And you're right. Like Kamek catches that pass. And I think it's like what third and one third and two or something like that. Right. You know, and then you're, like you're at your own 20 and then yeah. you get the 15 yarder, you get pushed back and then you end up, I mean, that's another momentum killer. Yeah. Um, the other one was the Miller ejection. The same thing. It's like, it's just a lot of these little things that, that, that kill your momentum and, and good teams could bounce back from, but these teams can't. An, another thing I got written down, the defense just loves jumping off sides. Like you just can't stop jumping off sides. It was crazy. Like, you know, that, that breeze is going to have a card count and I know you're trying to stop them and, and, and you're kind of over anxious, but you just can't jump off sides like that. And it was multiple, multiple times. And a lot of the times where I think two of them were on third, third and short, where it's like, you're just yeah. giving them first downs instead of making them earn them. Yeah. So it, it's just a bunch of mistakes over and over and over again. And that goes back, I think, to the coaching, like, obviously it's Pagano, it's Nagy. It's, it's all of the coaches that just don't have them ready uh, to play week in and week out against good teams. Yeah. I think I counted at least like three or four different times where the, the defense could have gotten off the field on third and short and they just do the stupid penalties, you know, holding offsides, whatever bear, you know, bears make a good stop and then it's holding it's defense holding first down. You know, well, it, not, it wasn't even for it wasn't all third and shorts either. I had no, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in at the right in the beginning of the fourth quarter, it was still fourteen to three. The the Saints were at third and twelve. Third and twelve, you need to get off the field. Yep. And I know the defense at that point is probably t- a little bit tired, but third and twelve, you just call the best play you have. And I know we harp about it a, a lot. They were they were hurt. Jalen Johnson was missing. Buster Screen was missing. Um, Roquan Smith was missing. And that's a big loss. But on third and 12, you have to make that stop. I don't care who's on the field. You just have to, especially with the game on the line. Yeah. And going on the offensive side, too, one of the other things that was kind of, you know, horrific was every time Bears were in a third and long situation, watching Mitch not even try to push the ball past the first down marker or running for the first down, not knowing where the first down marker is. You have to have awareness to where the markers are. If it's third and eight, throwing it four yards and hoping your guy picks it up, you know, the Bears don't have the big, the big receivers. They don't have like that Kelsey, you know, that can, that can, push off tackles. They don't have that Derrick Henry type that can, you know, push you right in the face and, and break tackle. Like they don't have that. And you're asking whims, you know, and, and Anthony Miller to, to catch those and, and gain an extra, you know, four or five yards. It's, it's maddening that he's not even trying to put them in a situation to succeed. And then we're just putting the ball away and we're not getting any, any offense whatsoever. It's, I mean, just just for the fact that I keep having to say Javon Wynn's name is frustrating as hell. Because at this point of the season, Cole Komet should be getting the targets that Javon Wims is. Javon Wims has been Javon Wims for a long time. He drops passes. He commits penalties. He's not a good football player. And the fact that Mitch keeps going towards him, because I don't know if if Komet's not getting the snaps or they don't trust him or he's just not outplaying Javon Wims. And it's frustrating because... People complain about Jimmy Graham's contract 
enough at the beginning of the season. Jimmy Graham earned his money. Jimmy Graham had a great year and we didn't expect it. And it kind of came out of nowhere, but that money that Jimmy Graham's making and those snaps that Javon Wims is taking, that should all be under Cole Komet. But so I'll keep harking on Cole Komet, but, but I feel like he deserves it because I hate Javon Wims that much. <laughs> yeah. And you, you kind of hit it on the nail. And I think that this is, this word has been thrown out uh, quite a bit is the word trust. That's like the PB's playhouse word of the day. Nagy doesn't trust anybody. He doesn't trust Trubisky. He doesn't trust his own offense. He doesn't trust his own offensive players. You know, so that's a problem. And then you got this, you know, going back to the organization with like the, the, the players that Pace is getting, like, I mean, something has to give here. I mean, you're, you're not trusting your, your quarterback. Obviously you benched him in the third game. So obviously clearly you were never trusting them from the, from the get go. Um, and, you know, same thing too. Like you obviously because of the situation with uh, Mooney that we had to put whims in there, but even then, like, you know, Comet's been, been improving week after week, um, you know, throw the ball to him. But let's like how you said, like, you know, we're just getting back to this whole trust issue thing with, with Nagy. He just doesn't trust his players. And that that's a bad thing. Yeah. Wims, Wims reminds me, and I help me try to remember this. There was a receiver in the Bears. It was probably like three, four years ago who just kept on constantly dropping passes, but the Bears never cut him, cut him. I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now, but it was like every season. Like, Why is this guy still on the team? Why is he still on the team? Um, It's, it's going to kill my, it's going to kill my brain now. And while I'm trying I to, I don't know. This, I feel but, like we've had so many of those yeah. that, uh, but, but whims, I think obviously is, is not coming back. Uh, Miller. I know he's still under his rookie deal. Leave, leave him. I don't, he's not coming back. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't see how you, you know, but the thing that the thing that sucks is was wasn't he a second round pick? Well, they traded down for him. That's what's maddening about this. It was three years ago. They traded down to get Anthony Miller. He hasn't shown a lick of yeah. of, of I mean, he showed flashes flashes the, his rookie year, but he's definitely definitely not somebody you have to keep. I and, mean, and, I think uh, his contract's up after this year. Get yeah. rid of him, leave him, leave him in New Orleans. Yeah, and then the other receiver, uh, Ridley, like he never even hardly ever sniffs the field at all. So, I mean, besides Robinson and Mooney, which obviously Mooney was hurt, and if a a Rob doesn't even decide to it does decide to leave and not resign, those the receiving core is fucking in shambles, and it's a big fucking pile of dog shit because Mooney might be the real deal, you know, if he has like a least semi-decent quarterback throwing to him we i mean he shows flashes of greatness and i think he's going to be a legit nfl wide receiver but it would be really interesting to see what he what he does with someone who actually has better accuracy and a better deep ball because he has that speed and mitch how many times we see mitch overthrow him underthrow him when he when he gets when he breaks when he runs past the safeties i mean so besides him you that and Mooney, Mooney has the talent. He's flashed the talent. Um, but I still think he would be best suited as a number two receiver. Um, and if you don't have A-Rob on the other side of them, it's going to be a lot tougher for him next year. 
Yeah. And the problem is, one, you don't know if A-Rab wants to come back. One, like Johnny's been saying, why would you even want to come back? And two, we might not have the money to resign him. The Bears are going into some salary cap hell for a little while. And especially if the salary cap is projected to go down, um, it's going to be rough. So even if we wanted to sign him, we don't know if we could afford him. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how, I mean, it's going to be kind of a patchwork free agency until we know one if a rob wants to come back and two if we could afford them so I'll, i'm gonna run some uh bear salary cap numbers and we'll we'll I'll send them to you guys we'll talk about them on the thursday edition of the bumcast because i think that's a good thing going into the offseason to figure out where we we are going to be at because we are kind of getting to that point with salary cap hell especially with khalil max contract escalating we 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 can shed i, I know this because i looked it up beginning of the season, I know we can shed some money by cutting Massey and Leno. We'll have a little bit of dead cap money, but we should gain some if they, they cut them. And with Mitch not coming back, we save, I think it was what, nine, 10 million. Um, so I think we'll, we'll, we have, we have room, but with, with Robert Quinn's contract, there's just way too much money tied in that defense right now. And if that defense isn't performing to the level that they should be with Pagano or whoever they decide to bring in, there's going to have to be some changes in that defense. Someone's one of those guys going to have to go because you got way too much money between Mac Quinn, Hicks, Fuller, and Eddie Jackson probably needs to get a new deal, you know, pretty soon too. Trevathan probably going to be a cap casualty next season. Yeah. I mean, they just got, there's way too much money in that defense and not enough on the offense to compete at a legit NFL level. And it's frustrating and maddening, but I'll have so those numbers is- for you. Yeah, this will be interesting, um, especially because we're not in a good situation and we keep hearkening and we keep yelling that we don't want Ryan Pace back. So if we do get rid of Pace, right now there are six GM um, positions available in the NFL. If you are one of these people that are are planning to get hired, why would you want to come to the Bears? Because we don't have a quarterback. We're in salary cap hell like there's so many question marks with this team that even if we get rid of pace, which I think we have to, it's, we're not going to get our first, second or third choice because there's so many teams in better shape than us going into next year. So um, I know we made the playoffs and I was excited for about a week and a half, but this is uh, we're into some, some bad, we're going to be in, we're going to be in some bad shape. I'm talking like winter is coming. Yes, exactly. Winter is coming for the Chicago Bears and it's not going to be fun. Yeah. So I think that the only thing I think that was only saving grace the Bears could have is if they get rid of, obviously they're probably not going to get rid of Nagy. We all kind of established that, but if they somehow chance they do, I think we could get some, you know, graces or some brownie points from the, from players. If we got the chiefs offensive coordinator, I forgot his last name, Eric something. Um, But I think that, when Deshaun Watson wanted him as the coach and Houston wouldn't even give him an interview and he's been interviewed, I think at every other team that's had an opening, he's a hot commodity, you know, with Mahomes and Andy Reed. So I think if the bears brought him in, we could maybe lure some of those guys over to the bears if he's really that much in demand. So I got another name for you and I was going to wait till we break down. Cause we're going to plan on breaking down all the playoff games. Um, it was the Rams Seahawks game, the Rams defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley. 
he was with the Bears. He was with the Bears for two years, and he left to go to Vic Fangio and with Vic Fangio in Denver. And now he's the Rams defensive coordinator, and he's awesome. I mean, yeah. obviously, he's he's gone from the Bears, which in 2017, 2017, 2018, best defense in the league. Denver has has always had really good defenses, but he was there with Fangio, and now he's with the Rams. That's an interesting name that I would like to see if they do get rid of Pace because they should they or Nagy, they should have never let him go to begin with. I, we would be in such better shape if we had Brandon Staley calling this defense instead of Chuck Pagano, but he left and now and now I want him back. Um, he's one of those guys. He's he's a younger guy, but I mean, obviously, like Sean McVay and Brandon Staley is just a complete upgrade from Matt Nagy and Chuck Pagano, but. But it's always uh, it's always interesting to see that they had a guy in their organization and they let him go. And now it's like, damn, like that guy was good. Yeah, this this has shades of Lovey and Ron Rivera all over again. Yeah. As soon as as soon as Rivera left, what he got forced out from Lovey, that defense took a big fucking nosedive. And as soon as Fangio left, same thing. I mean, defense was still good. But it is no, it was nowhere near the level it, it has been it, with the same cast of characters, and a lot of that is like we've talked about is scheming and everything. But that just that just has shades of you know Lovey Smith and Rivera all over again, where we got rid of we had a great uh, defensive coordinator and let him go, and now we're we're feeling the repercussions for it. Yeah, well, the Fangio thing, he was gonna get a head head coaching job, right? So, yeah, so you, were you let keep him. You you weren't gonna be able to keep him. But if, if Fangio goes and you promote Brandon Staley to defensive coordinator, we might still have that powerful defense. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of hindsight now. You know, obviously, they obviously didn't know what they had until it was gone. Yeah. So before we move on to covering the rest of these uh, NFL wildcard weekend, I want to read and we go through some of our mailbag here. I want to read you this tweet by Lance Briggs he, uh, right after the game. He said, the lack of discipline and concentration on display today is alarming. You're either coaching this stuff or you're allowing it. And thank you for speaking that truth to power and on Twitter today, Lance Briggs, because, I mean, that's it was so blatantly obvious that this team was not prepared to play today at all and in the yeah. biggest game of their of their season. Yeah, and it's interesting to see what the former Bears players say about about this current regime because it, it's very much the former Bears are saying the same thing the fans are saying. Um, and it's Lance Briggs, it's Olin Cruz, it's all these guys that, are, that have TV and radio jobs now. But they're saying what we're saying is that this team is underprepared and undercoached. Um, and obviously, as, as professional fo- football players, they could see it a mile away. If we could see it as fans, they know right away that these teams are underperforming and, and a lot of it has to do with this coaching staff. Well, I, I know that we always been harking about the coaches as well too, but you, you also got to get the blame on the players as well too, especially like somebody like Eddie Jackson, who I don't know where he's like, he's like fell off the face of the earth or something like that. He just hasn't been playing like how he, he like, a, like our pro bowl, like how, how he's playing like in the past couple of, couple of years. Um, yes, it, it, it does ha- come down to coaching at the end of the day, but you also have to give blame to these, some of these players, these veteran players as well, too, that you should, you should know to come prepared and come 
to come to play. So, yes, blame it on the coaches, absolutely 100%. But you also got to put some blame onto the players as well, too, especially some of these veteran players that, you know, they're not showing up when they meet where they really need to. And this is how the whole season's been like the, the past or then the past couple, couple years as well, too. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just fu- very frustrating just as a whole, but yeah, players do need to get a part of the accountability as well, too. That's exactly right. It's the accountability and you're right. Robert Quinn had this huge contract coming from Dallas. And what did I say, Jason, before this game, before the playoff game, he had all of 20 sacks and two, uh, two, no, two sacks and yeah. 20 tackles for the year. Which is like, what the hell? Like you're, you're paying all that money for, for stats that some players, TJ Watson, Aaron Donalds of the world are getting in a game or a game and a half. You're paying a full season of Robert Quinn for those same stats. It's crazy. So a couple of stats here, you know, pulling up Montgomery only ran the ball 12 times the entire game, which is fucking bullshit. I mean, we, we, we talked about on the, on the Bumcast last episode that Saints have a really good run defense and we needed to do some nice play action, you know, to get split the defense, get the defense split, but they 12 carries is unacceptable. Mitch throwing the ball 29 times. That seems about where he should be. We don't, we said we don't want him throwing, you know, 40, 50 times a game. So I, I think that 25, 30 passes is, is good for him, even though he only threw for 199 yards. And a lot of that was on the last drive of the game. So I just all around shit, poor, offensive performance today they I don't know what their game plan was what their game script was but letting Montgomery only have 12 carries that's I I I can't wrap my head around that yeah and I mean what's frustrating is like we said it was 14 to 3 going into the third or going into the fourth even though the offense was stagnant for the whole game they were still in it so I mean obviously I'm gonna just keep whining about it at this point it, but they shot themselves in the foot so many times they could have won this game but yeah like we said i mean they're a flawed team so even if they Mitch's, won, won Mitch's qbr was 13.2 for today's game yeah he just doesn't play good against no. good teams it's and that's 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 been his 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 tag his entire career you know in baseball they say you're a 4a player when you go down there and mash in the minors but you can't handle in the big leagues and to me mitch is a 4a player good good against the bad teams will never be the guy who overcomes the packers or the saints or gets that super bowl win uh the one thing i'm kind of interested and we talked about with the anthony miller objection earlier i really hope that he and i and maybe there's this like going against player code or whatever i really hope that he comes out and says what the fuck that cj gj fucking cocksucker you know <laughs> said to him CJ i want i want yeah i want to know yeah. what the fuck that guy said to set him off like that especially because maybe whims would be like oh yeah that's like what has he been he saying to- all year exactly yeah. like what is he i mean he got he got punched year. by his own teammate too in, yeah. in practice like what the that guy like, just that guy's just a motherfucker, but you yeah. gotta be, you gotta get ready for it. Yeah, exactly. What is he saying? That's so outlandish. Like, I mean, like, is he, is he saying, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck your mother. Is he saying some racist, you know, shit? Like I, and I don't know, he, but like, there's gotta be something that sets both of those guys off where that he just gets under their skin. And even though his own teammates 
when they want to punch him in practice. He so I, I really hope that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean, I hope that I hope that Miller comes out and actually says what what he what he's what triggered him because I would be very interested to hear that. Um, yeah, who knows, so, man? But so either, either way, we'll get like regardless of what you say, you just can't do that shit. It's just frustrating. So let's get to some of our uh, listener mailbag here before we move on to the other NFL games for this wild card weekend. And we're going to start with our P one listener, the original Mr. Joey P who gave us a nice little, you know, phone call into the, into the bum box today. So I'm going to play you guys first message here. Did we witness oh. technical difficulties? Yeah. Chicago sports bums. Your boy here, the original Mr. Joey P. Oh, my goodness. What did we witness? A tragedy. A tragedy of a season. Who wanted it more, us fans or the team? Obviously, us fans. Ask Peter. He and I, the only ones that thought that they had a chance because we didn't give up on them. But guess what? That team gave up on us. So at this point, if the team gave up on us, the fan base, all right, we need to clean house. I'm finally on board with this. I wait until the team quits on me because I won't quit on them, but enough is enough. Clean house, top to bottom. I look forward to your thoughts. Peace. Shout out Joey P. No quitters. Yeah. No quitters on this podcast. I love it. No, Shout but the, that game finally got Joey P on on over the edge there. So now he's on board with the whole tear it down. Let's let's go and I mean, you know, and if you ever follow the original Mr. Joey P on Twitter, he's he's definitely a diehard Bears fan. And he 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 you might say he's drinking the Kool-Aid or whatever, but he does not waver on his loyalty. So um for the fact that he's saying that now it's ready to he's ready to see a whole new, you know, tear down and build rebuild. I mean, I'm on board to get rid of everyone. Shame on the Bears for quitting on Joey P. Joey Joey is the nicest guy around. Yeah. Devastating. All right, Peter, what's what will we get in the uh in the bum box? We got, we got a couple on Instagram and thank you all for responding. Um we've been asking for a while, like leave us your thoughts, leave us your messages, leave us um anything you want, your takes or anything. And and we finally slowly but surely started getting uh responses. Uh the first one is from our buddy Chris McNally. Um well, it starts off, Pedro was right. So, I'm, of course, I'm going to read that one first. But shout out <laughs> to Chris, Chris McNally for using government names. Yes, my name is Pedro. It's not baloney. Pedro was right. Get rid of everyone. Don't let the end of the season cloud that judgment. Eight and eight wild card was not enough. We want our version of Aaron Rodgers and a Super Bowl. So, it's the same thing. It's, it's we need a franchise quarterback. We need people that could put us in a position to win, whether it's quarterbacks or front office. And and he was right. I mean, eight and eight was not enough. And and he also, sorry, real quick. He also sent me a reply on Twitter and saying that Nagy uh, coach scared. And when the game was in the balance, they didn't throw it downfield. There was no aggressiveness at all. Um, There was in the saints, you know, we're never not going to score. So yeah, he he's under the impression too that Nagy was coaching scared. He don't trust Mitch. He don't trust the, those players. Yeah. That's exactly what Johnny was saying about trusting, especially against good teams, against against the Packers and against the the Saints. 
he didn't trust his offense. He didn't call, he didn't trust his own players and his own play calling to win the game. So yeah, that's a great take. Um, I got one here from our, our old, our, our very good friend, our special guest, the uh, cousin, John, um, you can find him at little channel from 67th. Um, but he just basically gave the garbage can and fire emoji saying they're a dumpster <laughs> fire. And obviously you can't argue with that. The next one I got is from our buddy, Billy. Um, this is Chris King is his real name. We're doing government names today, I guess. Um, he says, no one is surprised that the bears lost. The biggest story is Veloni getting kicked off Twitter or that, tri- <laughs> or, or that trip or that Trubisky was liked enough to win a popularity contest. So I mentioned that because obviously the Nickelodeon tweets and memes and, and everything about that Nickelodeon thing, it was entertaining. The, the Bears game, it was, it was lull. They were lulling us to sleep, especially with their offense. But um, the memes coming out of that Nickelodeon um, stuff was awesome. Um, it was pretty funny. And just for the fact that Trubisky won the MVP is, I mean, it's just a perfect joke of a season. Johnny, what did you say? It's like, they're laughing at us. Johnny, we lost them. Did we lose Johnny? We lost yes. him. <laughs> I said, what did so, you say about your Nickelodeon tweet that they were laughing at us? Oh, the, um, yeah, it was, um, Trubisky's, uh, and, MVP was is yeah. that what it is the MVP yeah MVP yeah I mean it, it that's just basically what the Bears are and I I know it's it's supposed to be funny and and I I get a kick out of this too when I see a lot of the memes and it's you know it's it's funny to us but when you would like really like deep down look at this I mean this is like we're the laughing stock of not only the playoffs obviously because we shouldn't even been in the playoffs, but obviously we snuck in and that was the cards we dealt it. And, you know, that's what happened. We on national TV, once again, uh, get embarrassed, slimed, if you want to put it that way. Good, good job, Nick Olin for keeping the bears, you know, relevant and, uh, um, making us making a mockery of us, but in the, in all truth, this is the way it is. This is, I mean, the bears are a laughing stock of the league and probably laughing stock of sports in general, um, and I know, like I said, a lot of us, you know, it, it is funny. And, you know, I did get a good crack out of like a lot of the, the memes that I saw today, especially that they were on Nickelodeon, but I mean, this is just an embarrassment as an organization. If I was the owner and I was like, looking at all this stuff, you know, I'd be, I would be pissed off. I'd be looking at this stuff. And like, it's one thing that we're getting like laughed at as far as like, because we're just not a good team in the sports media world, but when we're getting laughed at in a Nickelodeon world, I mean, it's just like, I don't know how much more like I can take of this as, as a bears fan. Um, But I mean, it it is what it is now. I mean, we just like, we just got to like figure out what we're going to do after this. So. Yep. And then our last, our last message uh, on Instagram is it comes from our buddy, Damien. Damien says the McCaskies are to blame for all of this. And I can't, I, I mean, I can't argue with that. The McCaskies have been a joke of, I, I've said they, they run this team like a mom and pop shop for decades, but yeah, he said the McCaskies are, are to blame for this. And then he says, I want to be a guest on your podcast. I have a lot to say about this team and the ownership. So I know he's a passionate fan. He, uh, if, if you follow Damien on uh 
on Instagram or, or uh, on Facebook. He, uh, he has a lot to say about the Bears. He's a big White Sox fan as well. So hopefully um, he either calls in or, or we'll have him on eventually. Yeah. And um, I'm going against protocol here, but I'm actually going to give you the last viewer or I should say listener message. And that, and that was, I am not going to have to apologize to Cousin Javi tonight because he did leave us a message and we are going to get to it on the Bumcast tonight. And he said, right. he, yes, it's a weird, desperate times call for desperate measures. Um, he's back on the get rid of both Nagy and Pace bandwagon. Lack of trust in the GM and for someone who considers himself an offensive play car, he is horrible at calling plays. So Cousin Javi's back on, everyone's on the get, you I mean, you had Joey P, you got Javi. This game just, they, they, they turned heel. Bears it turned heel. To, Bears turned heel it, tonight. <laughs> it it broke all of us. It, like you can only be so positive and so like happy go lucky for so long. Um, who was it? Oh, and Hart. Enough is enough, and it's time for a change, right? Exactly. That's... Yeah, and and uh, like I, I've been seeing this uh, a lot on social media as well too. Is about you know, hey you know, I'm still a diehard Bears fan, you know, through and through and all this stuff. I get it. We all are. We all are Bears fans and we don't want this to happen every single year. The the ones that, you know, including me, including Jason, the ones that were very, I guess, quote unquote, negative about, you know, them not, you know, going to win and all that. It's not the fact that we don't want them to win. Trust me, we want them to win. We want them to go to Super Bowl. We want to, we want them to be just like how the Patriots were for the past 20 years. But a lot of us who are realistic and who are just like seeing this every single year, we're getting tired of it. And you're seeing a lot. And, you know, thank you to all our fans who are, and, and listeners who, who, uh, who chimed in here. You could see even the positive Bears fans are getting fed up with it as well, too. It's, it's yep. just all over. Like, when, when is it enough? When is it just where you're just going to break down and just like, I don't know how much more I could take of this. It, it'll, it won't end until season tickets start getting canceled, but we all know that yeah. that will never happen. And, and Johnny, you mentioned it and it, it, a lot of it, it's not about being positive or negative. It's about being a realist and we, and we can hope all we want, but our, our two eyes say different things, you know, like you, you could see, especially being a lifelong fan, you know, what's a good team and what's a bad team. And, and these teams for the longest time have, especially under the Ted Phillips regime, have all been flawed teams, you know? Yep. All right. So we're going to, we're going to wrap up the, the bears talk here and we're going to just transition over to some NFL playoff wild card recaps here. So guys, I want to get your takes on this besides the bears game, which obviously was disappointing, which was your most shocking of the remaining five games this weekend, which, re- which outcome was shocked you the most? I mean, the Rams winning was my shocking outcome. I didn't expect that. I expected the Seahawks to win. But that's not my most shocking outcome. The fact that Washington kept that game close for so long, that was my good for them. Like good for the Washington Redskins and Heineke and everyone on that team because they played with some balls, man. Um, They were undermanned. They were understaffed and they showed up and obviously they didn't win the game. But looking back at it now, we were making fun of a seven and nine team making the playoffs. That game, they showed more in that game than the Bears did in our game. Yeah, and, and I tweeted, I tweeted that too. I said they look more like a playoff team with their undrafted XFL quarterback than we did yeah. with Mitch Trubisky. 
And, and that's the thing that like, if you're a Washington fan, you could at least hold your head high that nobody expected you to be that in that game. Everybody expected Brady and the Buccaneers to finish that game off in the first or second quarter. And they held them. What was the final score? 31, 23. Yes. But shout out to that kid, man. Heineke, that kid played with some balls, some grit, some toughness. He did. He made the runs when, we, when he had to run. He made some throws when he had to throw. And he played himself into a contract next year, whether it's a backup role or somewhere. That guy is going to be signed somewhere. Um, and good for him, man, because he deserved it. That game was awesome, though. And it was super fun to watch just because yeah. we weren't expecting it. So that right. was my surprise of the weekend. Johnny, what was yours? Uh, yeah, definitely that, that's, that Seattle Rams game. I just did not expect that outcome. But, I mean, you know. The guy, got, the guy got, you know, ambulance off am, the field. Yeah. I am a little surprised um, on that Steelers-Browns game. Holy I moly. did not expect that Browns, you know, to come out the way they did. And obviously Steelers in the second half they did. Um, they were making an interesting late. Um, but the fact that the, the way it got started, the way that they were playing, it just – I did not expect – I don't think any a lot of us had expected the way that they uh, – the way that they played but um yeah that'll probably be more shocking uh, out of all the games that i've seen so far yeah i mean 28 28 nothing first quarter then 35 7 in the second quarter i mean that was if they they the the browns covered the over all by themselves or so if you had if you had if you had that i mean i was going back and forth about you know, if I wanted to put some money on the over on that game I, I could not read that game whatsoever because we both knew that could either be a dog fight you know, 10 to 17, 10 final, or, you know, 35, 31. And man, I never thought I'd end up 48, 37 in the Browns advancing. So, wow. That was, yeah. that was definitely my biggest, one of my biggest shocks besides Be- Washington. Yeah. Before I, before I get to my Steelers takes, cause I got a couple of things I wanted to talk about um, going back to that Ram Seahawks game. What a gutsy performance by Jared Goff. Just yeah. for the fact he's got three pins in his hand and and he came in as a backup because they're the the guy ended up going to the hospital. Um oh all, all around. I, I said it before when we were talking about the Bears. Sean McVay, really good coach. Brandon Staley, really good coach. The defense is lights out, man. That Rams defense is legit. And um, I mean, they have been for a long time, but Aaron Donald, man, how fun is it to watch that guy play? He's so dominant, so good. But yeah, very gutsy on Jared Goff because I wasn't expecting that. I, I, we, we talked about it last podcast. I, I thought the Seahawks were gonna win. Now going back to the Steelers game, man. Holy shit, man! It was unbelievable. If we're mad as Bears fans, I can't imagine what Steelers fans are going through right now because the Cleveland had no business being in that game with no head coach. They had a bunch of people out on COVID protocol. They haven't practiced as a team in two weeks, the Steelers are at home. You saw them last week and for them to come out this flat, I would be outraged if I was a Steelers fan and I have one upstairs and and rightfully so she was furious and I I can't believe I, I, 
Juju Smith-Schuster, man, what are you doing? Like every week, it's something with this guy. He's dancing on the field. He's giving people bullet bulletin board material. I have a quote written down from this week when they said, are you worried about the Browns? Juju Smith-Schuster said, I'm not worried. It's the same old Browns. It's the same old nameless or like faceless names. And he's like, I'm happy to be playing with, I'm happy to be playing them. Well, you got your wish and they got their ass kicked. Like <laughs> if, if I'm like, if I'm a fan, what one, I'd be furious at Juju, but just mad at the team in general, Mike Tomlin, you said they made a game of it at the, at, at in the uh, second and third quarter, they were coming back. I said, I, am I going to have to make a Steelers undertaker yeah. gift? The fact that Mike Tomlin, and I know what he's going to say. So they had all the momentum. They were, they were going to cut that lead into a, a one possession game if they would have went for it on fourth and one from about the 50 yard line. Right. It was fourth and one from the 50. If you get it, and even if you score a field goal, it's a one possession game. The fact that he punted that ball, and I know what he's going to say is that I trust my defense to make a play and win it. But when you have all of that momentum and you're already, you were already down what, 28 nothing, 35 7. And the momentum shifts back. You have to step on their throats. You have to go for that fourth and one. And I saw a quote that says all these, all these coaches, they like to talk tough until it's fourth and one and you don't know what to do. He, he, he didn't, he didn't call the right play. He had to have gone for it. And the fact that he was, you know, like you would say he was going to come out and he would come out and say, I trust my defense. Well, your defense has already given up, you know, 35 points. How can you say you trust your defense to stop, to stop the Browns. I mean, I know one of those plays was uh, of recovery, a fumble recovery in the end zone, but you can't say you trust your defense at that point when you've already given up four touchdowns. At that point, it's all about momentum and you're coming back and you're fighting. And, and at this point, a lot of other teams would have quit 35, seven or, or 28, nothing, 20, 35, seven. A lot of teams would have packed their bags and said, this game's over. The, the Steelers fought back for a little while and they had a chance to really make it interesting and just for the fact that it shows, like, I don't, obviously he, he either didn't trust his offense or he didn't trust himself at that point. Like you have to go for it there because if you make it, then the, the Browns really start sweating it. And, and it, he, he kind of cost them. I mean, a lot of people cost them that game, but I hated that timeline decision. Yeah. Does, uh, does big Ben come back next year? So that's one of the things I written down was this big Ben's last game. Um, dude, if you think we're in some salary cap hell, I think Ben's salary cap hit for next year is something upwards of $30 million Woo-hoo. if he comes back. That I think I think this was his last game with the Steelers. I, mean, I, I, to be. I, I told I told my girlfriend the same thing. I'm like, that's that's probably the last time you'll see Ben in a Steelers uniform. I yeah. with with his injury history and his age, I, I don't see how the Steelers can justify bringing him back. I think they need to bring in the the young the young blood and, and, and they maybe, have a I, w- I wouldn't say, i wouldn't say rebuild but it needs it, they need to retool with a new younger quarterback so i think the their the way they get out of their salary cap situation is ben retires and juju's uh is going to be a free agent i think you have to let him walk um you have deontay johnson and chase claypool i think they're good enough to win with them and if they could find some way to get either, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to say Carson Wentz, but obviously, everyone's talking about what is Houston gonna want. Um, so if somehow they could, they could, I, I just don't know. I, I, I would, I would say, 
I would say they, they have a chance, but they don't have the draft picks either because they traded for, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick and he's awesome. So they gave up two first rounders last year. So they're in some, they're, they're in a world of hurt. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy you brought up the Sean Watson because there was all those rumors and the hype of him following Chicago weathermen over the weekend. Um, and if he, if he does really want out of Chicago, obviously the bears don't really have yeah. the, the draft cap. I mean, you could, the bears can give them number of first round picks as, as they want, but they're going to be drafting at the lower end, at least next year at the lower end of yeah. the draft. I mean, so right now I think the bears are going to be 20th. Um, yep. Would and Houston, I, I, I don't want to say it's maybe because Houston's, I know they're in bad salary cap situation too, but let's just say some money's equal and everything. Would you be willing to part with Khalil Mack for Deshaun Watson and some first round picks? Yes. Yeah. And right away, if it, if it's, if it's Deshaun Watson for Mack and first round picks, I do that in a heartbeat. Um, I don't know if Houston would want to do that, obviously. And they're losing JJ Watt after this year. He's going to be a free agent. So you're going to want, there's no better way to make a name in, in like, obviously Houston loves JJ Watt. If you bring in Khalil Mack, that will, that will, that will lessen the sting a little bit, but realistically, I don't know. I don't know what Houston does. And obviously the bears, I don't, I just don't think we're in a position to be trading draft picks. Yeah. Um, but, well, I think I, I think I saw a graphic that's Houston's, I think like 25 or $30 million over to salary cap. Like, Bill O'Brien just left them in fucking he destroyed that team for the next that, five, yeah, seven guy, years. Like that guy burned fuck. that place to the ground, man. It was brutal. It's crazy what he did. And just yeah. for the fact that the owners just let him do it. And you know what? A couple of weeks ago, like when you know, when they fired their their head coach and the GM and all that, Houston at one point was a very great place to go like there for, for as far as gms and as far as head coaches and all that and they completely it, houston is such in a bad 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 spot right now i i would not want to be anybody in that organization right now considering well, the fact a lot of it you're yeah the, the, considering your fact your your franchise quarterback wants out yeah and i think a lot of it has to do with ownership too um a lot of the yeah. players don't like the owner and don't trust the owner and that's why uh, you're seeing this all come to blow, you know. Yeah, you we'll know. we'll talk about that. Let's we'll talk about this more in the bumcast on on Thursday because we'll have more NFL uh, divisional round coverage and some predictions and everything. Uh, wrapping up the NFL talk here, what was your guys' game of the weekend? I like the Tampa Bay Washington game. The, the Titans Ravens game was really good. So yeah. so Ravens the, that that seems to be like a little budding rivalry. Obviously, they played last year in the playoffs and they played once this year. Um, but the Ravens finally got their revenge. Um, so that game was really good. Um, I would say my game of the weekend was the Washington game just because it was so entertaining and, and kind of came out of the blue. I didn't expect it to be the, that entertaining. And then um, we haven't talked about it. That Bills Colts game to start the weekend. That was really interesting. The Colts, man, they left some points on the board. There were some questionable decisions by them. I know um, they wanted to play aggressive, but <laughs> they might have played a little too aggressive and kind of cost themselves the game. But. Yeah. But that was a good game as well, Johnny. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I thought that 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 opening uh, game with the Colts and, and the Bills was very entertaining. Um, obviously, I knew that the Bills weren't going to score so many points like they have in the past couple of uh, weeks because the Colts do have a great defense. Uh, they're they're top ten. Same with the offense as well too. It was a very very close game, and the Colts 
nearly pull, pull, you know, pull that upset. But, um, you know, at the end, you know, I just, Bill's mafia, man, they're, they're coming. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be definitely a good, uh, you know, second round coming up here. So, yep. Yeah. We'll, we'll break all those games down. Yeah. And one last thing about that game. Um, it'll be interesting to see. We talked about Ben, I think Philip rivers, I think he might be done too. So there might be a vacancy in, in, yep. in the Colts organization for a quarterback as well. Yep. All right, so that wraps up our NFL talk. Like I said, on Thursday, we'll be talking about the divisional round. We'll have all the, our predictions and some ho- more football analysis. If there's some breaking news on the teams that got eliminated today, there were some rumors on the Eagles firing Doug Peterson and Pedersen, Peterson, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, so I would, before we you know go into the uh, small biz shout-out and our uh, uh, what a bum, I just want to talk some bulls real quick because they wrapped up their mini West coast road trip, finished one and one and three, but you played the Lakers, you played the Clippers, you played the trailblazers, you played the Kings. Kings aren't that good, but blazers, which they beat and bulls held their own against the Lakers and Clippers. And I have to say, despite that record, that was some awesome basketball to watch over the weekend because you saw a big, big step in the maturity and progression of this young Bulls team that they were able to go on the road and hang with the big boys. And if Kobe White is not in in the all-star game this year, I am going to fucking flip out because that guy is just lighting it up against the, against the big teams. Yeah. And um, I'm just happy that we have competitive basketball. That's what we said there. As long as they fight and keep these games close, they'll be entertaining and they're kind of winning everyone over. They're not winning games, but they're they're keeping themselves in the games. And that game Friday night against the Lakers, man, I wanted them to win it so bad. It has no actual meaning. Like, obviously, you want to get have a good record, but what they're trying to do is develop this team and, and start building something. But just for the fact that I wanted to beat LeBron and, and Zach Levine, I mean, it, we're two shots we're two Zach Levine shots away from them being able to say they beat the Lakers and they beat the Clippers. It, 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 they both came down to the very end. And if Zach, and I can't ask very much more of Zach because he's scoring at will at this point. I think, what did, what do you have? Like 37 and 30 something. Yeah. He's been putting up uh, so up, upper 30s this whole, he's not, he's not making the, the last second shots, but he's, he's, he's keeping the team in there. And like you said, Patrick Williams, he's his development, his, he's, got a really good shot the only problem i want to say he's gonna he's got a shot at rookie of the year the the problem is that kid in charlotte the the youngest ball kid is uh looks like looks to be the real deal he he's the youngest guy to ever have a triple double and he's just been playing pretty lights out as well yeah and i'm not complaining from golden state too right so but yeah but i'm not complaining we got a good one in patrick williams and it's a short it's it's been a short season so far but he's uh he looks to be the real deal and everyone playing against them is com- complimenting him, whether it's Kawhi and whether it's LeBron, that's what you want to see. Yeah. I was just, just kind of piggyback off what you were going to say. Like a lot of the, you know, big stars are, are, I noticed look, looking at the bulls. I'm like, damn, they're, they're not as bad as like people are saying that they are. And once you start playing against them, there's going to be a lot of other teams that are going to be like, this isn't the bulls from the past. Isn't that the same, you know, bulls that, you know, you, you can just go in and step on They're They're very competitive. And it's definitely, definitely as a Chicago bulls fan, older than you, 
it's just great to see. So I'm, um, you know, definitely how John said that, you know, he didn't think that they were going to win any games in January or maybe just two, but um, however that, you know, they're losing, but they're still, they're still in the games and that's all we want to see. We just want to see the baby steps and step forwards and it's definitely in the right direction. So we're very excited Bulls fans right now. Yeah. And the fact that they did as good as they did on that road trip when they didn't have Lori and they didn't have their entire bench, together too i mean i think if you have markham back and that road trip i think they either split those games or they at least beat the clippers because that was a, yeah, they were up, they were up most of that game against the clippers and they just fell apart with too many turnovers which they need to they need to address some of their growing pains like the turnovers and making sure that they don't let up when they're up yeah and the, the one thing i will say and I, I i think i said it before is i'm not focusing on record like, obviously, it sucks that they lost these games, but it's better to see the development and stuff like that. And that being said, they're on a tough West Coast road trip right now. Once you get back into the East, once you get some more home games and start playing the lesser teams, I feel like that record's going to balance out. Um, these are some tough games that they're playing, and they're still hanging in there. So I'm not complaining at all. Well, and they got the Celtics on on Thursday, on Tuesday, yeah. so that's going to be another, another big tough one. Yeah, a big test to see how they hang with, you know, the – the top in the East right now. So I, I, and I will say that, you know, besides them having to uh, wrap, you know, fix like their turnovers and everything. Um, one of the things we saw was the, is Zach Levine still taking those, those shots. Do you think that he's still the last second guy or do you think Kobe white needs to be the last second? I don't guy? know. It's, it seemed like, especially in that, that Lakers game, it looked like Billy Donovan set up a play to draw attention to Zach. And then Zach was supposed to dish it. I think Billy Donovan said he was either supposed to take the shot or pass it to an open Thaddeus young. Um, so obviously the Lakers play that a certain way to make Zach take that shot. He's scoring the points. I would still like for him to take the shots. He's, he's made some of them, especially last year. He, he made a couple game winners. I think it's early to go away from him. But I also don't mind if if Kobe starts taking it, if Patrick Williams is slashing and you just need a two, just get him the ball and get him in the air. So there's a lot of options. It'll be interesting. Yep. So good, good, uh, good progress that we see from the Bulls and be interesting to see what they can do the next couple of weeks. And we'll keep you updated on our on our Bulls takes. So wrapping up some sports talk real quick, we're going to do our uh, small biz shout out for the podcast. So just want to bring some awareness to some businesses that might need some extra love and attention during these times. So Johnny, you want to start us off with uh, your small biz shout out? Uh, sure. I'm actually going to go back to uh, to a place actually on Taylor Street. Uh, a place I, I, I absolutely love is called Hawkeyes. Um, definitely got great food. It's been a staple in that that uh, that little Italy area for such a long time. Uh Obviously, they they have a lot of rich history at that place as, as far as a bar, but um, a lot of great food over there, uh, especially one of the things that they're really well known for is their wings. Um, they have probably one of the best wings in Chicago, um, hands down. Um, and Mondays, they always have those specials. They have, I believe it's 50 cents wings um, on Mondays, but um definitely it's a place if you're in that area, definitely to check out um, other good uh, uh things that they have over there is, is, is um, 
is that their burgers are also good as well too. Um, but anything else on that that menu, I've tried almost everything. They have those steak and uh, little steak uh, guess ideas that they have over there is also killer. Uh, if if you like that as well too, but um, definitely in your, if you're in the little Italy area, it's on um, it's on Taylor Street. Uh, definitely check it out. All right. Yeah, they got Office. great uh, fish fish and chips too. I love their fish and chips. Yes. Peter, what's your small biz? Um, I'm going back to the retail area. I know retail places are hurting as well as restaurants. And um, I want to shout out my, it, for a long time, it was just my favorite store in Chicago. It's called Chicago Soccer. Um, it's a specialty soccer store. It's basically one of the only soccer stores in all of Chicago that you could find anything. Cleats, jerseys, anything you need for soccer. They have it all under one roof. They, they sell a ton of Mexican League jerseys that are sometimes hard to find. Spanish league, premier league, you can find any Jersey and they customize them. What they do, um, they'll, they'll heat press your name and number or any name and number you want with the actual, um, like legal numbers that they have for like any Jersey that you want their location. Um, they got two locations. Their main one is on Western 4839 Northwestern in Chicago. And then they got a Melrose park location. That's 20, 2225 West North Avenue, Unit F in Melrose Park. Um, if you're looking for anything soccer related, that's the place to go in Chicago. It's Chicago Soccer, and you can find them um, chicagosoccer.net. Awesome. And I'm actually going to stick in the retail realm as well. And I'm going to give a recommendation for a demographic that we haven't talked about and kind of needs a little love, and that's your puppers. So I am going to shout out to Boston's, um, one of our favorite pet boutique sh shops that we take our pupper to. Um, they have locations in Burr Ridge, Naperville, Wheaton. And if you ha haven't been, you can get some really nice, you know, baked cookies for your pupper, some, you know, birthday cupcakes, birthday cakes. They have all these great gourmet dog foods, healthy, like super healthy dog foods, good, good treats with you know, bully sticks and all that kind of stuff for your, for your dogs. Um, and some of the best stuffed animals you can buy the fluff and tufts that uh, if you have a, if you have a chewer, those definitely hold up and they usually do like really good promotions when you're for your pet's birthday, usually like a two for one uh, gift, like to buy one, get one free toy and or treats and something like that. So definitely, you know, if you, if you want to uh, spoil your pup a little bit, stop in two Boston's and they will definitely take care of your pupper. So that's my small biz shout out. And we're going to wrap up the, the bum cast today with our, who's that, or I'm sorry, a what a bum. And we're just going to talk about who we uh, hated the most this week. And this week I'm going to go first because I might, what a bum is Javon Wims. I mean, great call. You, you mother, you motherfucker, you, you killed that bears game with the wide open. I shouldn't say wide open, but easily catchable it was open enough. It hit yeah, him in open, the, open hit him enough. In the belly open it enough. My, you, you, you hurt my ruined, soul, man. You, yeah. I'm, I'm not getting over that for a while. You're, you're a fucking garbage receiver. You, for some reason you got ejected from a saints game and now you ruined another saints game. So hopefully I'd never see you on the bears in 2021. So Javon Wims, get the fuck out of here, you bum. Yeah, fuck that guy. Johnny, Johnny, who's your what a bum for this week? 
I'm going with another Bears wide receiver, Anthony Miller. Um, Great call. For not keeping his comp- yeah, for not keeping his composure when he was supposed to in a big game. Um, you you had coaches tell you that this is what this guy does. He's just an instigator, and you still just ended up just going and not even listening and just let your your head loose and just going. First of all, you should be hitting football players like that. Like you're you're a grown ass man. Like I can understand he if he said something. It's just you know obviously they 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 warned you about this guy, and yet you still did what you did. So Anthony Miller, you are my 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 bum. Good and bum. and we're gonna wrap up with Peter's bum, and I think we're gonna have our first ever two time what a bum. You're right, and I'm smirking because you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> it's at Jack on Twitter and everyone involved with Twitter. Um, and it's not for what you think. We're not going to get political on the show. You could ban 45. You could ban Donald Trump all you want. You don't ban me. I got, <laughs> shit. I got shadow banned on Twitter right in the middle of the, of the, of the Bears-Saints game, and I couldn't believe it. Yes, I was running a little hot. And if, if you ask me what I did, there was probably a couple of questionable <laughs> tweets that were, that were right on the borderline. Um, so we don't know why it's specifically. When I got the alert, it was right before halftime. Um, and I got the alert that says, we've tempor- temporarily limited some of your account features. Creating a safer environment for people to freely express themselves is critical to Twitter. So if behavior that may violate Twitter rules is detected, certain account features will be limited. We've detected some potentially abusive behavior from your account, so only your followers can see your activity. Your account will be fully restored in 12 hours. So you might ask, what did you do? What did we, uh, why did you get banned? And I've got a couple that were possibly possibly borderline the first one was right after the javon wins drop that guy dropped that pass and my tweet was javon wins could suck my dick and i stand by that tweet <laughs> fuck javon wins he could suck my dick he is a the second the second one was a i thought innocuous tweet everyone was tweeting about nickelodeon and saying uh like comparing people to other people i had a picture of drew Brees on his phone and I compared it to Roger Klutz from Doug. He's basically the bully from Doug. And I said, these two fuckers are both assholes. <laughs> that didn't seem too bad, right? I mean, realistically, I'm not telling anybody to go kill yourself. I'm not inciting riots. I'm not going breaking windows. I'm just having a little bit of fun. Was it a little mean-spirited? Probably. But it's not anything out of the ordinary. And obviously, I don't think I have any kids following me. Everybody should be of age. So... That was the second one. And then the third, the third one was, uh, was probably the one that got me <laughs> shadow banned because it was right after the fact. Um, it was right after I sent this tweet that I noticed like right away, it was like, oh, you can't use Twitter anymore. And I'm loading it right now. So give me one second. But it was basically me comparing. It was me comparing. Uh, oh, it was the... <laughs> It was the Kokomet when everybody's complaining that like, what did Kokomet do to deserve that 15 yard penalty? And I said, he said, fuck you ref and fuck your mother. 
I might be biased, but I saw it loud and clear on the Telemundo broadcast. <laughs> so I think it was a combination of those three. I was dropping a lot of F-bombs. I was dropping a lot of, a lot of questionable, <laughs> questionable um, tweets, but I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, there's, so, there's definitely oh, yeah. much one, worse on Twitter. Last one. Um, I, this one, I probably should have not hashtag Nickelodeon on it, but it was after the, the, the ref call when the Bears player said, fuck you, and it was on TV. Like, it was on the yeah, broadcast. So, right. like, so it wasn't anything. And I said, remember, remember when Ugly said, fuck you, donkey lips, on salute your shorts, <laughs> hashtag Nickelodeon. <laughs> So that might have done it. A lot of, of f bombs with a span of like twenty minutes in that Bears I'm game. I'm sorry, but that was so that I was got... motions were running hot, man. I mean, that I... game was that game was pissing a lot of people off. But my question so... is, how did you get unbanned? I don't know. They said I was banned for twelve hours, and so right away I created or I had another burner account ready to go because I'm like, <laughs> if this ever happens, I'm not gonna not live tweet the game. My favorite thing in the world is to watch sports and then live tweet those sports. It's like my favorite thing to do. So I created another account. And then after the Bears game, I was here watching the Steelers. I opened up Twitter and I noticed that my tweet button was back. So it was gone. Like I couldn't tweet. Like I could draft tweets, but I couldn't send them out. And then right away, it was about maybe five, six hours later. They said I was banned for 12, but uh, maybe they had a uh, lenient heart. They said, this guy suffered enough. (laughs) Well, maybe I, I got will, I got out on good uh, good behavior. Good behavior. I will say that you know Jack is our first ever two time one of them. If Jack becomes a three time one of them, we might have to permanently ban Jack. Yeah, he might get permanently banned from from the bumcast. So, Jack, get, be better. Don't yeah. don't and don't not, fuck with don't fuck with the bums. Not only that, but don't take that away from me because the Bears are bad enough as it is. If I don't have the Bears and I don't have my Twitter to just tweet out my stupid jokes that get one and two likes and three retweets. I just need that in my life. So don't, don't take that away <laughs> from me. Double whammy. Yeah. Uh, so that wraps up uh, this episode of the Bumcast. And I just want to say before we sign off that, you know, we all hope that uh, we wish Corey Crawford well in his re- going into retirement after 10, 10 NF- NHL seasons. You know, he decided he was on, he was on the devils um, decided to hit it, hit it, take a, leave of absence from the team for personal reasons. Don't really know what those were, but shortly after that, he announced his retirement. So hope everything's, you know, right in his life and that uh, he enjoys his retirement. And thank you for all the memories, Crow. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, you can't ask him for much more, man. That guy uh, carried those teams, especially in the, in the playoffs. Some some of those games, it was all Corey Crawford. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we wish him the best. He was, uh, he was definitely uh, a core part of our our Blackhawks teams for a long time. So, wish him the best. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I think everybody's going to remember him is that uh, that parade that uh, he started <laughs> swearing and you know. Yeah. But I mean, that's just that's just the way he was. I mean, and I think a lot of us, like Chicago Blackhawks fans or even hockey fans in general, are definitely going to miss him. He was very tough goaltender um obviously two tight stanley cup winner as well too and definitely um wherever life takes him hopefully it's uh for the better and obviously you know we'll, we'll all miss him in the hockey world so yep so thank thank you guys for listening to us and sticking with us on this extended bears rant nh and nfl rants uh we'll be back on thursday with some more divisional coverage as well as our i don't know if we're going to do bum bets anymore we all kind of suck at betting 
So I suck so that's, bad. That's 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 that's, T, that's TBD for for Thursday. But make sure that you uh, give us a, a follow on Instagram because we definitely need more Instagram followers because we almost got baloney with a tat, a Mitch tattoo, but they didn't they didn't win anyways. So they didn't. We win. were. They didn't win, and we were 947 <laughs> followers short of our goal of 1,000. So slowly but surely, we're trickling. And thank you to those who did follow. But uh, we got a little bit ago, bit little ways to go before I'm getting yes. that tattoo. So make sure you put those uh, push notifications on for Spotify, Apple, and Google. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys on Thursday. Good night, Javi. Bye, Javi.